we're going to go to a, a lot of different scriptures. Uh, we're going to go to quite a few. So buckle up. Um, but I hope you have your Bibles and you can follow along there. And if not, it will be on the screen. Here comes heaven. He is here. Let me read you this last verse that we sang this morning. Now behold his glory. Glory in the highest. All the earth rejoice for Christ is born. Has, have we already forgot about Christmas? We're here a few days later, right? Have, have we moved on? Who's taken down their, their decorations already? Oh my goodness gracious. She's already taking them. She's like, yeah, it was like midnight and I was tearing them things down. Y'all remember that. Y'all remember that. Next time it's like literally October and you guys are like, oh my goodness. Getting your totes out and hanging them up and I just can't wait to decorate. You remember how you feel right now December 26 you're tearing them puppies down and putting them in the tote listen uh, it, hopefully you're not completely over it yet I know I'm pretty much over it uh, I had an interesting year <laughs> but uh, the, the word here is glory now behold is glory and we think about uh, really, you know, the doxa, that's the, the Greek word that we get the word glory from. Uh, the Hebrew word kabod, I believe, I, I, don't, I don't pronounce those quite right, but you get the gist. Uh, and then it comes to the Greek word most of the time in the New Testament, doxa, where we get the doxology, you know, and these Christmas songs of glory, right? It, it, it's this idea that his presence is filling a place. It's that his, the manifestation of the being of the Lord and Savior. And, and when Jesus came, uh, there was a star, right? There, there was a star that guided them to where he was, to Bethlehem, that place. And, and we see often that it is this this light, the, the star, the, the direction, um, you know, and, and that light shining is just really a, a manifestation of his light, of his glory, of his self. And so when we consider uh, Christmas lights, when we consider the decorations, when we consider all of what it points to, it's pointing to the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, and so hopefully you're not completely over that, but that's really what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about beholding him, beholding his glory, the glory in the highest, the very thing that the angels, uh, glory to God, what, in the highest, that's what the angels said to the shepherds that were in the field, the flock watching thereby, uh, nearby. Uh, so we're going to talk about that today, the glory. Glory means several different things here, but we're pulling from the biblical definition, uh, great honor, or praise, used especially of God's majestic splendor. Um, we already mentioned the, the Hebrew words that it comes from, but here's, here's even a broader meaning. Uh, we see the word weight, or burden, or wealth, magnificence, and then there it is again, honor. The glory of God is the worthiness of God, more particularly, the presence of God in the fullness of his attributes in some place or everywhere. The fullness of his attributes. Now, just in this moment, just kind of think. Go in, go in your mind and ponder in your heart what that means and what, it, what does it mean to you. 
the glory of the Lord. The fullness of the Lord. Let me keep substituting these words. The weight of the Lord. The magnificence of the Lord. The honor. Think about that this morning. As, as we've thought about the Lord coming to earth, that's just one part in history where we see the glory of the Lord revealed. But it's broader than that. It's broader. The prophet Isaiah said this, Isaiah 6, verse 3, And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his, what does it say? Glory. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, that was specifically talking about angelic beings in heaven saying this. The prophet Isaiah sees a vision of these angelic beings, uh, and this one I think it was a seraphim, the, these, these beings that are in heaven literally saying that the earth is filled with his glory. <laughs> Many of us are like, uh... Have you been looking at the earth lately? <laughs> I'm not sure that that's what it's full of. It's full of something. It's full of something. It's full of some COVID, I'll tell you that right now. Woo! Lord, I'm in a cold sweat right now. Just so you know, I'm here because I'm over my quarantine. Uh, and, and the doctor has cleared me to be out of quarantine, thank goodness. I'm no longer contagious. But that doesn't mean I feel 100% right now, just to be honest with you. Uh, there are some times in our lives where it's hard to see the glory of the Lord. But if you consider the fact that Scripture and even the prophet Isaiah himself, who is widely quoted in the New Testament, there's these angelic beings that don't have trouble seeing the glory of the Lord. We're up here singing about, now behold his glory, glory in the highest. But, but, but do you see it? <laughs> is it only in that moment of worship or, or is it only when you're maybe in your quiet time? But, but, but you see the prophet Isaiah says, the earth is filled with his glory. Filled with his glory. Can you see it? Can you feel it? Just because you don't see it and just because you don't feel it doesn't mean it isn't there. Scripture says the angelic beings declared it. Let me tell you this. Listen, we know that the Lord doesn't change. Do you know that? The Bible says that I'm the Lord. I what? Change not. The Lord does not change. And if that's the case, listen to this. Exodus 29, 43. Read this scripture with me. Exodus 29, 43, and there I will meet with the children of Israel, and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my what? Glory. glory. The Lord said, not only through the prophet Isaiah that my glory fills this entire earth, not only does my glory fill the entire earth, my glory filled the tabernacle. And not only did it fill the tabernacle, it set apart the tabernacle. It was sanctified. It was specifically for the purpose of me displaying my glory, my magnificence, my majesty, my person, who I am. I am on display in the tabernacle. Verse 45 and 46, just a few verses later, it says, and I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their God, and they shall know that I am the Lord their God. 
that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. My goodness gracious. I highlighted this part here, that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. Let me ask you this question again. Does the Lord change, yes or no? No. So, so let's continue building this, this picture, this, this vivid imagery that the Bible is painting from the prophet Isaiah saying that there are heavenly beings that literally say that the earth and everywhere is filled with the Lord's glory. And, and then as the Lord chose a specific people group, Israel, the nation of Israel, why? To bring about his son. You know, do we see that in the, the Christian worldview is that the Lord had to choose a, a people group? so that Jesus could be born into this world, uh, considering that he was of the lineage and house of David, right? Consider the fact that he was literally born in that specific town, the city of, of David, Jerusalem, the place that God set his affection, the apple of the Lord's eye. It's centered around this nation. That's why the whole old covenant is, is written, postured towards them, understanding that God chose them. And, and what we're seeing and what we're getting a, a picture of is that the Lord did all of that to display his glory. He, he did all of that to position himself in relationship with humanity. And so what we have to understand is the picture of God's glory is coming into view that it's not only something that fills the entire earth, it fills our lives. It fills our hearts. Hi, newlyweds. I didn't expect to see you this morning. That was a pleasant surprise. Okay, let's go further. Let's go further. I got to keep moving here. I feel like if I stop, I'll fall over, okay? John 1.14. John 1.14, and the word was made flesh. And I highlighted this in my Bible. And dwelt among us. And dwelt among us. And we beheld his what? Glory. His glory. The glory and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When Jesus came, he came a part, in part of a plan to redeem this entire world. He, he came in Bethlehem, right? And, and this, this verse specifically, and the word, it's talking about Jesus, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus left heaven, came to earth, was born as a baby, flesh, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God's glory was revealed not only to Israel in times past, but it was revealed to us. The Lord's glory, when we consider this, this is the same substance that filled the tabernacle. This is when I like, I lose it. You know, this is when I get happy. I, I, I completely come unglued spiritually. Why? Because, and we're going to continue. I'm getting ahead of myself. We're going to continue down this thought process of the Lord's glory. But if you have experienced the glory of God and you have seen it, you're experiencing something that's been experienced for 6,000 years. 
The, the same bit, the same piece, the Lord that the angels see that it was declared that the children of Israel, it came to them. And understand this, that the Lord said, what you have to understand is I came to you and brought you out of bondage. I took you out of the land of Egypt and established your goings and sent you to the promised land. And we know that they failed him over and over again, which we will fail him over and over again. But the point and the perspective is that I have is when I read scripture, I see the magnificence of the Lord coming to you and I like he came to them. Like he was in the tabernacle, he will be in this place. We experience the moving of the Lord's glory in our church just like they experienced the Lord's glory in Israel, in Jerusalem. People talk about all the time about how incredible it is to go to the Holy Land, walk those streets. One day I'd love to go. I'd love to see it. But this is Holy Land. His presence came to me. It fills the whole earth. Sometimes I think we separate too much of the Bible. We separate scripture. We parse it out and we think children of Israel, church, the Lord is like, no, I love you. I want you to behold my glory. I want to have a personal relationship with you, just like I had with King David. Hmm. Let's keep, keep moving. God's glory was revealed not only to Israel, but it was revealed to us. Listen to this. This is, this is incredible. The prophet Ezekiel says this in Ezekiel 48, 35. Cody sent me this verse. It was roundabout... 18,000 measures, the name of the city from that day shall be, the Lord is there, Yahweh Shema. The prophet, the prophet Ezekiel has a vision of the future temple, of the future city, of the new heaven, of the new earth. He has a, a vision of how this is going to be. And you know what he says? The vision, uh, of course, another name, Yahweh Shema, another name for Jerusalem, as Ezekiel is referring to a future Jerusalem, a new heaven and a new earth. But we see that it's defined. You know what it's defined? The new heaven and the new earth, it's defined by the Lord's presence. He says, Yahweh Shema, he says, the Lord is there. Not only are we talking about times past, not only are we speaking of the present, but the glory of the Lord is our future. It is our hope. It is our earnest expectation. I love that. The words, hang on to those words. Here's what they say. The Lord is there. The Lord is there. John 16, 7, listen to this scripture. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him what? Unto you. <laughs> All right. It's getting deeper. It's getting deeper. There's more to it. Not only did Jesus say, I came to you, but guess what? There's another. Guess what? There's a comforter. Guess what? There's a teacher. He said, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. Are you sensing a theme here in scripture? 
Come on, stay with me. Are you sensing a theme online? Are you sensing a theme here that he wants to be with us? That he wants you to experience his presence? He wants his glory. He wants his magnificence. He wants his majesty. He wants his wealth. He wants his substance. He wants you to feel the full weight of his glory. Think about that. Think about that. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now, this verse takes it a little further. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. And then we land, kind of hear it at our message today. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. <laughs> Therefore, what's the next word? Glorify. Therefore, what? Glorify. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are who? God's. Okay, all right. This is, this is it. This is where it reaches the boiling point. We walk through scripture and we learn that the Lord's glory fills the entire planet. The Lord's glory, the Lord's presence is what literally set the tabernacle ablaze in the old covenant. The Lord's glory is literally the very thing that became the manifestation of Jesus. It was the word that became flesh, and we beheld his glory. We beheld his worth. We beheld his significance. We understand that when Jesus came to earth, his glory, the weight of the full entire universe of our God came to earth. And now, after he did what he did, after he saved sinners, after he lived out the gospel work, a perfect work, he lived a perfect life, his glory was the only thing that was ever evident. It was never sin on display. It was only perfection. It was only our God manifested. And he said, listen, when I go away, when my work is finished on earth, my glory isn't finished. When my glory in person is done and I go sit at the right hand of the Father, guess what? The Holy Ghost of God is coming to live inside of you. You see, I don't start anything that I don't finish. You see, I don't come all the way and leave my, my purchased, prized, amazing possessions to be left desolate. You see, the devil, that's what he wants. The devil wants nothing to steal and to kill and to destroy. He wants nothing than to take your wealth. He wants nothing more than to take your relationships. He wants to take your spirituality from you and leave you desolate and leave it empty and leave it barren. And God said, here's what I do. I come to you and I make it better and I leave it in such a way that it's perfect that it's whole why because my glory can only do one thing and that's fill the entire place of where it comes to and he commissions us with this thought he says listen when you put your enduring faith and trust in me and your body becomes the temple of the Holy Ghost I want here's the words he uses I want you to glorify me in that body. I want you to do what I've been doing from the beginning. I want you to put on display who I am through your body. 
man, being a Christian, it's just, it's just no good. You know, I just, okay. It's just so tough. Oh my goodness. I mean, sometimes I don't feel good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, but your body is now the conduit and, and the display of his glory. I, okay. Things got a little rough, did they? 2020 was a little bad, huh? Okay. You got the glory of the Lord. Christian, I'm, I'm just blown away. I am at, at times. When we are so focused on ourselves, right, we miss the boat. And we read scripture and we're like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Lord, I have, okay, the word glory, just by way of review, humor me, it means the weight, the wealth, the magnificence of your honor. I've got that inside of me and you want me to show that to the world? Uh-huh. How many felt like that this morning? I mean, I did, man. My, I just jumped out of bed this morning. I was like, babe, take a look at me. I'm the enduring wealth of our Lord and Savior. I am the enduring wealth of our God. Look at me. I am the glory of the Lord. Cha-cha-cha. Check it right here. Can't you see? I think the Lord's glory and color has left my face. The point is, is that he has a plan and his plan is to redeem this entire world one person at a time one person at a time if if we would really feel the weight of what we accepted when we accepted the gospel and by the way if you're watching online and you've never put your enduring faith and trust in jesus he wants to fill you with his glory he wants to give you an inward perspective and an inward feeling that is significant that has worth, that has meaning. You were made in God's image. You were made, created. You were a, you're a being that can handle this with the Holy Spirit and with putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But Christians, I think we so often neglect the purpose that we were made for. Listen, I want you, I want you, Lord, to be magnified in my body. That's what I desire. How many think that's a tall task at times, if we're real? Magnifying the Lord in our body. That's a bit of a tall task. But you're not going at it alone. You don't have this tall task to be lived out on your own. I wanna give you some very practical things this morning. How many want help? with glorifying the Lord in your body. Anybody want help with that? Okay. Now that you know that there's a connection, literally from when creation happened to the temple, to the children of Israel, to the Lord Jesus, what we've celebrated Christmas, his glory that we beheld, and now him going to heaven, sending his Holy Spirit, and that Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us. The Lord said, I want you to bear that glory. I want you to show the world. I want you to be, here comes heaven right here. Here's a bunch of little heavens running around. Bunch of little heavens. How do, how do we translate that to like actually happening? All right, I have some helpful things for you. John 16, 13, look at that with me. John 16, 13, 
And then we're going to look at John 16, 14. And then from there, we're going to spring off of John 16, verse 13. It says this, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come. Remember, if I leave, it's better for you that I go because I'm going to send another. We all, not only, if, if there was one Jesus in the world, then we would all be looking, thronging to him. But when Jesus left, we all get our very own Jesus in our hearts. That's why it's better. Now there's Jesus, Holy Spirit, in each of your hearts. And he says this, Jesus puts it this way. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. I think this is where some people get a little sideways. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall, the Holy Spirit, he shall glorify me. Who's speaking there? Jesus. Simply Jesus. The Holy Spirit, he's not going to fill you with a bunch of stuff about himself. That's not why he's there. He's there to, to help you understand me. He's there to bear witness of me. He's there to be a reflection of what I am because I'm God's glory and I'm there. And wherever I am, I'm there because I can't help it because I'm God. I'm everywhere. He, he says the Holy Spirit will bear witness. He'll explain it. He'll help you. He'll tell you what I would want to tell you. He'll show you. He'll, he'll show you. Verse 14 here, he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Here's, here's two very practical things, and then I'm going to talk to you about putting on glory glasses this morning. That's where we're going to end. We're going to end with some glory glasses, okay? All right. Two things that I see here in John is, number one, you need to listen to his voice. Very simply, if the Spirit of God, if you have put your enduring faith and trust in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, then that means that the Holy Spirit is inside of you. You need to listen to him. When was the last time you actually stopped and prayed and said, Holy Spirit, tell me what to do. Give me the wisdom. Explain it to me. I'm listening. Listen. Number one, listen to his voice. Number two, learn from his purpose. Listen to his voice. Here's the problem. A lot of Christians, they get to that place where they're like, yeah, I want to hear. You just tell me. You just tell me. But you have your own purpose. You listen to his voice by learning from his purpose. Verse 14 says he glorifies Jesus in you. If your purpose is to glorify yourself, you ain't hearing from him. He's got a specific lane that he travels in, and he's been traveling in it from the beginning. Uh, the same glory, the same doxa, this, the, the same, uh, th this place, this Yahweh Shema, I'm here. My glory is there. I've been doing this in the tabernacle. I've been doing this from creation. I've been calling a people. I've been displaying my magnificence. I'm God for, from the beginning, from the get. 
And so I want to hear, Lord. But if your purpose is not his purpose, then the two, the paths will never cross. Never. Until we settle into this thing, Christians, that we will be far happier giving glory to the Lord than taking that little bit of glory for ourselves, we will never find our purpose in life. Why do we have churches full or empty rather? Either one, however you want to see it, of people that are just looking for something. God help, this should be the place where people find it. This should be the place where people understand it. And if you don't, I'm glad you're here and just keep, keep coming back until you do. But my, my point is, is that we need to listen to his voice, but we need to learn from his plan. His plan is better than ours. It, until we lay that down, we're not ready to see the glory of the Lord reflected in our lives. I'm about to talk to you about some glory glasses real quick. There's a pick right there. There it is. Get caught up in my quafty locks that my wife won't let me cut. <laughs> my point is this, is if, if we would just, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, listen to him and learn from his plan, and then we'll get some glory glasses. How many want to know what glory glasses are? <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I just made it up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Glasses. I put them on. I see things. It's an easy illustration, right? You ever met those people that it's like the rose-colored glasses, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? It's like everything is great. And then there's also the gray-colored glasses, there's also those people, like no one talks about their glasses as much, but they've got a pair of glasses on too. And everything is, oh my goodness. It's not when, it, or it's not if, it's when I'm gonna get the virus. Did you hear Pastor Matt had it? Oh my goodness. I can't believe he's in the pulpit right now. What is his problem? Oh, I know. I know some of y'all are out there right now watching online, and you might as well just go on and log off. You might as well. No, I know you're watching online. I just can't believe it. Mm. He should be in isolation for six months. I know it. He going to give it to everybody. Everybody's going to get it. Just so you know, we bought a fogger this week here at the church to fumigate the, the place every week after every service because we, we do want to be safe. But the point is, is like, it doesn't matter what it is. They're going to be negative about it. it. It's, I don't typically, that's not my outlook. You know, most of the time I'm the rose colored glasses person. You know, I'm the glasses. It's so full. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's like so much water in that glass. That's more my perspective. But the point is, is if we are to glorify God, listen, in our bodies, in our bodies, in who you are, in your physical being, in your spiritual, emotional well-being, then we've got to learn to put some glory glasses on. We've got to learn to see things through the eyes of Jesus. And, and he wants you to see it that way. He wants the Holy Spirit of God to teach you. And so I hope this morning online, here in person, you guys are listening to the Holy Spirit and you're ready to learn from his plan. Because if you're ready... Let me give you some glory glasses to put on this morning. 
Let me give you some help this morning that, that will allow you to show the Lord's glory in your life. How many want to be little glory apostles? Yeah? Anybody? You want to be a little glory apostle out there today? All right, well, then you got to put on the glory glasses. Here's the first set of glasses. The first pair of glasses that I see in Scripture, these are very simple. The glasses of gratitude. The glasses of gratitude. The first pair of glory glasses that you can put on are gratitude. Listen to this verse. Hebrews 12, 28, it says, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. That's a different version. I'm sorry. I like this version. Therefore, let us be grateful I think it's ESV. Let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. The first pair of glasses that I'm going to ask you to put on are the glasses of gratitude. How am I going to show the glory of God? Your glory glasses. What's the first pair? Gratitude. It means that literally I can be thankful. It means that suffering, it means that bad things can happen in my life. And this scripture says, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Lord, I refuse to see my circumstances. I refuse to see the problem in my life that literally has me thinking that everything's falling apart. And I'm going to be grateful that I've at least received a kingdom that will not be shaken. So, Yes! How am I going to glorify him in my body in 2020? Because you received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. You see, that goes back to your purpose. That goes back to the fact that you are so consumed with what you got going on. If this rug was four walls and representative of your house and your job and all the things that you had going on, the Lord is just trying to get you to step outside of it for a minute and show some gratitude for what he's given you. Glory glasses. Hey, online, you ain't off the hook either. You chill. I know the audio sucks, but it's okay. You can be grateful for a message even when the audio is not super clear. You know what I'm saying? They already logged off. <laughs> Sons of guns. Glory glasses. Listen, today it's time that the Christians are the grateful ones. It's time that the Christians say, you know what? I'm so grateful that the Lord has given me a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Your earthly kingdom may be shaken this morning. You may have lost some things. And I know, I look around the room, I know. There's things that we've lost. Maybe it's momentum. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe somebody hit the unfriend button on you. Ooh, God help. <laughs> Sorry. The point is this. I'm going to have and show gratitude no matter what. No matter what. I cannot be shaken because I'm of a kingdom that is not shaken. Christians, let's remember that the glory of God transcends our problems and postures us for contentment. It postures us to be content with what we have. Glory glasses, number one, put on the glasses of gratitude. Number two, put on the glasses of prayer and fasting. Luke 2, 36 through 38, it says this, and there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years when she was a virgin and then as a widow until she was 80, until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping, watch this, with fasting and prayer night and day. 
And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. You see, while there were Pharisees <laughs> that were putting all the attention on themselves and the kingdom that they were building in Jerusalem, there was the prophetess Anna that was in the temple praying and fasting for the real true redemption of Jerusalem, and that was Jesus. Do you want to be the Pharisee that puts on the glasses of everything is awesome? I'm so good. <laughs> yeah, don't, dis don't, don't mistake gratitude for pride. Right, the second pair of glasses leads us to this place of prayer and fasting, knowing that to say I'm super grateful for everything that God has given me, and I'm going to show that by praying and fasting. By praying and fasting. Oh, I can be grateful. <laughs> I can show gratitude, yes. Can you pray about it? Can you fast about it? That's like the second tier. Show my glory in your body. Okay, I'm super happy for all the bad things that have happened in 2020. I'm super grateful you're working in my life even though things are not well. How about you pray about it and fast about it? Ooh. Nah. That's where we pull up short, isn't it? As Christians, when the Lord says, I want you to show my glory in your body, we have to get to the place where we realize that that takes prayer and fasting. We can't just pull the, okay, woohoo. The Lord's presence is his glory. Our presence, our flesh, our essence, do I have to remind you? It's no good. How many know that you set out to do a good thing and then you do a bad one? Oh. Th this is where the rubber meets the road for Christians. Yeah, I really want to be grateful, but I'm mad about it. <laughs> the Lord says, you have to pray and fast about it. You can't do what you've always done. You, you can't be this sinner. You can't be this, you can't live this lifestyle that's, opposed to my glory and expect to show my glory to your coworkers. And the Lord's not asking you to do it on your own. He's saying like, hey, this idea of praying and fasting, they will let you see things that you've never seen before. Your eyes will be opened. It's like the reverse Adam and Eve. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's how it works. This kind cometh not but by prayer and fasting. If, if we, and I know I keep saying this, but if we as a church would commit to do this 21 days together, we would be a church that was radiating the glory of the Lord by the end of it. The, the second pair of glasses are prayer and fasting. The third and final pair of glasses that we need to put on this morning to show the glory of the Lord are the glasses of holiness, are the glasses of holiness. Obviously, these things kind of go sequentially together. We find ourselves in a place of gratitude. It pushes us, pushes us to pray and fast for the Lord. And then when we come out on the other end, I think what you'll find is that you're literally wearing God's holiness. You're wearing the glory of the Lord. You're living in it. Let me read you this scripture that was most helpful for me, okay? Romans 6, 18 through 22, and then we'll all go to the house and I'm gonna sleep for about 20 hours, okay? 
Romans 6, 18 through 22. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. Hey, it's real. You struggle, you have sin, me too. The infirmity of our flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants to the righteousness unto holiness. So Paul put it this way. He said, you know, remember when you were a sinner without the Lord and you gave yourself over to the nasty feelings of sin and flesh and all that? Remember when you were just like, yeah, I'm a sinner. This is what I do and I'm good at it. Now, now you can give yourself over to the holiness and righteousness of God. Just like before you were really good at sinning, now you can become a servant or really good at showing God's righteousness. That's good news. Watch this. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof now you're ashamed? Why would you go do dead people things when you've been given life people things? That's what Paul's saying. What fruit is the, what, how are you going to show God's glory when you're running back, remember, to the graveyard doing dead things? Paul is saying, listen, you can now be a servant to God's holiness. And guess what? Guess, guess what? Here it is. Now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. So the point is this. The fruit of, of our lives when we choose to show forth the glory of the Lord, the fruit of that is the holiness of God. I want so bad for our church to be a church that the world, those that do not have Jesus, looks at us and they say, you know what? Those people, if, if I knew God, if I knew who he was and what he was like, it would probably be like those people because they love me. They care for people. They show what I, what I believe Jesus is. It's, there's something different about that. Those are the glasses of holiness. And, and listen, maybe, maybe you're watching online or in person. You don't have to be a slave to your sin. You don't have to keep running back to those things. You don't. You can be a servant, and Jesus is a great master. You can be a servant to his righteousness. How many want to live a life of God's glory? Of just, it's just radiating. Here comes heaven. There he is. There she is. There they are. They are heaven. They are wearing it. Let's think about the glasses of gratitude, of prayer and fasting and holiness. Those are just a few practical ways this morning that we can show forth the glory of God in our lives. <music>